Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode 31 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men animated recap podcast. I'm JC, and I'm just so happy we finally got to change our intro, Rod. Right? And I'm Rod. Sorry, <laughs> I almost responded. You know that by now. We just recorded our reaction to the trailer for X-Men 97, so... If for that some reason, should be up in the feed before this episode? Yeah, yeah. Right-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I need to edit that one first. But, uh, yeah, we were just saying in that one, it's wild to have like the similar script but different one also i discovered some guinness in my fridge today so we're an hour into that that's fun and technically (laughs) we are doing a three episode recording because of the reaction trailer which i was dumb enough to think we were going to get that in like 15 minutes and that was 37 minutes of audio so have fun have fun on that edit (laughs) i thought it was going to be shorter too yeah but maybe this one i Accident. I noticed afterwards I accidentally took like very little notes, and I don't know if that was on purpose. Maybe I was just sitting back and enjoying the episode. I don't know. Well, I hope the next episode where you're the lead, you took better notes. We'll see. We'll see. Cyclops is waiting for me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode we can find. The podcast started with the original 1992 X-Men animated series, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which we now know for sure is coming to Disney Plus in less than one month. March 20th 20, 20, of 2020. Yeah. We still haven't heard yet if it's a midnight release or an evening release. They've done both with different shows. The best we'll part see. is I'm going to be in San Francisco at GDC. Oh, you will? So I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. But I will figure out how to see it that night. But I literally got word from work. They're like, hey, we want you to go up to GDC. And I'm like, what day? They're like, probably Wednesday and Thursday. And I just started yelling at That's the computer. Hilarious. So we're going to have fun figuring out the recording of that, too. (laughs) Hopefully the hotel Wi-Fi. I'm going to be flying back on Thursday, so I'll be back. And luckily, I could fly out of Burbank, so I can be back at the computer by, like, 8 o'clock that night. So I think we're safe. Any friends, like, anybody, if you ever visit L.A., don't come to LAX if you can help it. Pay the extra money to go to Burbank. It will save you in therapy. As far as our plans for it, just so people know, we are going to do everything we can to record the week that it comes out and have it go live the following Monday. Life does sometimes get in the way, and we were mm-hmm. going to try to adhere as best we can to it. But know that that is our plan until that plan is a hot mess right. on fire and we have to adjust. <laughs> but until all that happens, we'll be covering other X-Men animated series like this one, X-Men Evolution. I said evolution. Evolution. Don't you dare edit that out. <laughs> right. That does mean we'll be taking a break from X-Men Evolution during the release of 97 so we can recap those on their release weeks. I was just thinking when the the little bit of like, I don't know, some organization in me was like, we came so close to having a clean end of season. You know, we were like four episodes away (laughs) from just being like, oh, wasn't that a nice ending to season two? With the cliffhanger and everything. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, now we're going to be four episodes into season three. (laughs) Yep. Some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. That's the line we're going to fuck up in every X-Men 97 uh, recording. There are going to be spoilers. If you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We are currently not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, Disney Plus, or Hulu in any way, shape, or form. And I forgot to edit the (laughs) script. I still call Rod a prick in the script. Yeah, that's fine. I've been called worse, literally. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, X, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services. One last shout out to if you were on Google Podcasts, to switch over to YouTube. Yeah, and if you were on Google Podcasts and ended up somewhere else, throw a comment. We're curious where you guys migrated to because the analytics are going to show different numbers for us. Now on to the show. Today we are talking about season three, episode one, titled Day of Recovery. It aired on September 14th of 2002, currently sits at an 8.0 star rating on IMDb. We mentioned this in the previous week's episode where on IMDb, top rated episodes get a little like mark on them when you're looking at the listing. This is also marked as one of the top rated episodes. So was I'm I'm like looking at the finale. Was there a summer in between? Yeah, it was May to so a long summer, May to September. Yeah, it was a pretty long break. It was a solid three plus months. Man, yeah. That reminds me of like the wait we had with Who Shot Mr. Burns. Or Who Shot JR. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew the Mr. Burns. <laughs> Which was a play off of Who yeah, Shot yeah, JR. Yeah, JR, yeah, yeah. Yes. But like I still not used to the previous on X-Men being well, a different voice. They switched it this time because the yeah. the last one, instead of it being previously on, it was last time on. And then this episode kicked off with Cyclops' voice actor saying previously on X-Men Evolution. They changed that and that has to be an homage. Just the way TV worked back then. I wonder if they just got a bunch of angry letters over the summer. The literal letters. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Handwritten to the network. And by bunch, it means it was like 10. 
That yeah. was the crazy thing, like back in the day, if you had like 10 handwritten letters, you could change the course of a show because yeah. you took the effort to write it down and send it to people. Yeah, right, now with the internet, you need a fucking 100,000 people to be pissed to even have them look at you. Yeah, well, because yeah, back then you have to like write the letter, put in your postage, and then most times go to a physical post office and also find out what the address of the production, like the network or wherever it was. So yeah, yeah if, if it made it to the producer's desk, they're like, holy shit, someone is pissed. <laughs> so we got the replay of the final three episodes of the last season, starting with Wanda's debut into both episodes of Day of Reckoning. And it ends with Mystique basically giving the line of like, oh, it's going to get much worse. And then we cut to a new intro, which Rod and I have been trying to like always like inform each other of like, hey, here's an important thing you should be aware of. I made sure to text Rod to let him know oh, they right. did finally change the intro. It is essentially just like updated footage, right? So it was more. Yes clips from the previous season included maybe a couple from this season so i did notice that there was definitely certain clips that were not yet shown in in the series up to this point i think they took some of the stuff that was probably finished animation from season three and inserted it in here too but you had basically the breakdown of the team was all the same team except you also had beast included in the roster group in none of the new mutants yeah yeah since he, 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 he was discovered halfway through last season. Right, exactly. Episode kicks off right where we left off with the conflict between Scott and Mystique and mentions that he saw the security footage, which we kind of got that impression from it, but I wasn't sure what we were going to see. It was a little weird seeing this version of Xavier walking because it was Mystique in Xavier form. Yeah, and for me personally, it was like a little anticlimactic because I thought it was going to be a little bit more clever i don't know if that's the right word because it was like it wasn't like it was a tiny screen that he caught a glimpse of it was on a screen that everyone was in clear view of just remember cannonball was there and cannonball is an idiot who keeps concussing himself <laughs> right cannonball <laughs> probably has brain damage right now yeah no one looks up or i actually do the new mutants did they know mystique maybe that's the reason i don't know if they know because okay, they only would have known about her from being briefed about her yeah because she hadn't been seen since the party at the house yeah okay so maybe that's maybe that's it maybe they knew that something was weird but didn't put the whole thing together okay right. we'll give it that <laughs> yeah. then he accuses her of attempted murder which is not wrong it's she true. definitely tried to murder those kids in the house yeah no, that's true it's definitely true yeah and then she she has this weird defense of like she won't tell them any more information oh yeah like where xavier is but but she's like i i didn't know anything about magneto's plan right knew nothing about magneto's plan but scott is asking like how long has it been since you did the switch and where is he and that's where she's just like i'm not gonna tell you like she's like sassy pissy bitch about it for some reason no, I threw something across the room because it's like, I want to know. Did you actually throw something? Like a napkin. <laughs> this is what happens when Rod drinks when he's prepping yeah. for the show. <laughs> the, the defense, yeah, like you said, it was funny because she did try to murder a bunch of literal children. And, yeah. But she's like, I didn't know Magneto's plan, but that's like the Bob Marley offense, right? I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. Okay. Like, I, was, I was like, I was like, wait, what is... You're okay. Gonna, yep. You're clearing yourself of one crime by admitting to another equal crime. I would actually say it's a worse crime because all she did was like it was essentially kidnapping. If she was in on the Magneto yeah. shit, she tried to blow up a building with children yeah. in it. No, that's what I mean though. She was like, no, listen. Yeah, it, yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. She yeah. just went worse. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I only tried to kill your students. And you're like, Magneto okay. didn't really even try to kill our students. He was just trying to get us to fight somebody. He was yeah. just instigating. <laughs> so Jean attempts her telepathy. And this is the first time we see where her telepathy can't work and can't get into somebody's head. Mystique basically has something that blocks it from happening. Yeah, there's a lot of things here that I wonder if they just are they are going to explain satisfactory later or if whenever they were writing this, we're like, we got to get back to that later. <laughs> so so I do think we're we're going to get some sort of explanation about it. And I will say, if you do look into the comic world, there are people who are trained against manipulation from psychics mm -hmm. for that specific reason it's like almost in the way of like counter espionage where mm -hmm. you know they learn techniques to help them resist like yeah. in the in the comics there's the whole thing with the hellfire gala and there are certain x-men who are trained to resist xavier specifically and they literally say resist as they're doing it. But that's why not everybody walks through the portals that take them off of Earth during the gala. And there's a resistance left on Earth. So, gotcha. And I guess yeah. Mystique is one of the few that's still left in her powered up form, right? 
from the the chambers that Magneto had in the first season. Sabretooth as well. But yeah, I mean, because Scott is trimmed down again and Havoc is back to, you know, yeah. shitty teenager. And so. Magneto, like, naturally, like, organically, like, powered down. <laughs> he drained really quickly. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, okay, I guess this thing doesn't last. <laughs> yep. So Scott is our Scott and he's ready to shoot her in the face. Yep. We see that origin story. <laughs> and then that's when the police start arriving and we get a bunch of like cool action shots of everybody just like disengaging and like escaping the police and stuff like that. I do love that Bobby is the first person to start anything with the cops too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that part of his like character? I Bobby's just kind of like always been an irresponsible hothead, so I think okay. maybe that's yeah. the interpretation of it. So Scott shoots out a tire. Berserker is able to zap two cop cars. Multiple gets tackled and then becomes like 17 of him and they start <laughs> running away. The only thing where they changed his power, though, is comic multiple. The way that he like disappears is essentially he gets absorbed back into the the prime multiple yeah. or it gets killed. Yeah, so that's how I always saw like any of those characters in like superhero stories when they became like duplicates and stuff, unless they were like like a Wanda or something that had right. like illusion stuff. It was like a physical clone and yeah. like they it was like I don't know. And so when he they just like faded out of the cops' hands, I was like, Is that how that worked? <laughs> I, yeah, there was like a weird part to it, and maybe it's like you can't have a cop tackle a, a minor or Child. something like that. <laughs> that's the real one or something. But yeah, that was that was a change for for his power set. Boom Boom makes a bunch of little Boom Boom balls and throws them. Cops call for backup, and immediately the SWAT team arrives with shotguns. Like they I mean, escalated in a heartbeat. I mean, I wasn't gonna, I, I wasn't gonna say like this. Kudos to this show for kind of having like realistic responses to like events this large because we joke all the time about like a cyclops just destroyed that building next to an orphanage and no one batted. No one or even talked about it. This one's like okay, the mansion exploded and then like they were there immediately. To, to Scott's credit, it was in a very dumpy area right. where some real estate developer was probably very happy that building got knocked down. Right. They were like, ah, oh, collect on insurance. The cops said they're unarmed, but they're dangerous. And I like that they like specified that aspect of it of like, just because you see them with their hands in the air doesn't mean they can't actually just fucking kill you right now. Can you imagine what the dispatcher, how this was a process that getting that message they're like, what because that's something you never have gotten before in this world right they're just they're they're having like this it literally would have been hours at absolute most yeah from the from the mansion exploding and whatever was happening on tv literally like i said maybe an hour maybe an hour and a half like it's not a lot of time that's elapsed but like yeah you imagine being like a like a military or 911 dispatcher and you've gone like entire modern history of just being one way or whatever, but then you're like, what? What does it mean they're unarmed but da- dangerous? Like what? Yeah, but extremely like, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> then you start to see the teams split up. Toad, Lance, Wanda, and Mystique are running off together, and you get this moment where Wanda uses her powers, and Toad starts crushing on her. Yeah, it, that, that becomes a running theme for this in the next episode. I, I'm kind of disappointed Wanda didn't go nuclear again because she she's shown she can in the show. I don't think she gives a fuck. I think she's so concerned with like making sure Magneto died that she doesn't care. I yeah, think well, that's probably why. That's what I mean, though. Even just get out of there, you know? Yeah. Just like swat everyone away, like parting the Red Sea style or something. No. Yep. And and then I know she's your favorite, but Storm killed two police helicopters. <laughs> There's no way they that's survive right. what she did to them. Yeah, yeah. They killed quite a few people because this, this whole montage is basically just like a power showcase. Yeah. We get a great shot where one of the cops is able to throw Gene into a car and Kurt immediately teleports in oh, right yeah. into the driver's seat. There's just some great choreo to this show. Like, it's just an elevated version of like the fight scenes because Kitty runs through the door and hops into it. And that's when the car chase starts. Storm swoops down, picks up Scott. And then Bobby is able to, you know, ice his way into one of the other cars. They're going towards this massive blockade. And then it literally felt like the end of Greece to me. And I don't oh. know if you got this vibe too, but they're <laughs> like, oh shit, we're gonna crash. And Gene makes them fly very casually over the blockade. And it reminded me of the shot from Greece. I could totally see that. I forgot that that was how Greece ended. My, that my, fucking drug trip of I, I'm convinced everybody in that movie's dead. They died in whatever their summer hookup was, and this was just them in limbo, right? 
Yeah, that, that was the the theory that I heard growing up was like, yeah, they just they finally yeah. like escape purgatory. Yeah, that um, was them escaping purgatory. This my initial like reaction was it was it reminded me of ET. Oh yeah, like that's Ellie, actually so. perfect too. Yeah, <laughs> and then Cyclops goes over the walkie to the rest of the team, and he mentions going to Lookout Point, which we finally have the name for that spot it's that so we've been calling like Makeout Point or the yeah. place where the kids go to bang. Yeah, I actually okay. So he did grab a radio because you hear the voice, but I was like. How is he communicating this to everybody? I I think it's it the classic like he has the belt buckle on or something, and he you know he yeah. taps a thing, and that's how. Yeah, yeah. Or he just yells y'all loud enough, everybody can hear him. Which is great to do around the cops, right? Yeah. Well, that comes into play a little bit later too, not with the cops, but cut over. We see uh, like this batch of shots that are all intermixed with each other from different news channels. Don't know if you noticed, but they were actually it was switching between channels because you were actually seeing different channel ID numbers in the lower corner of the screen. Starts with the helicopter news, and then you see that they ID Kitty, Gene, Spike, and then you see Wolverine, who's on a gurney, getting put into the back of, of, of a vehicle. The thing that I thought was a little interesting is how do they know that there are mutants already? Like the specific name mutant, like if if all that shit hit right now, would I instantly go to the word mutant as to what they are and be right, you know? I, I guess that's why they threw in, like, are they mutants or are they aliens? But it is still, like, a leap to, like, even have it whittled down to those choices. <laughs> yeah, like, I could actually see alien, like, being the one that modern people would believe more more likely, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what, like, if, if, we li- if it, our IRL world, if we didn't have the Marvel comics... And people just suddenly start being able to shoot lasers out their eyes and stuff. What would we call them? <laughs> like, would it just be monsters? I guarantee you a certain collection of states would call them demons. Right. <laughs> what, what do we call the Bat Boy when he was on, like, in, not Inquire, but whatever that Freak. paper was? Freaks. Freak. It's probably just be Freak. I guess they yeah. do that sometimes, too. Yeah, I mean, Art. that's what Kitty keeps calling people. Yeah, so it started inside. It's well, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. In the universe of The Walking Dead, there has never been a zombie movie. So that's why the word zombie is never actually said during Walking Dead. They're called walkers, which is just like a colloquialism as opposed to the proper name for what they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like different areas, like certain people called them walkers. Some people called them the dead. But like in that universe, the word zombie never existed. This is a little tangent, but that was interesting. (laughs) Okay. For just to be clear, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but my brain likes to be entertained by them, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I enjoy the stories. There's a conspiracy theory going around right now on, like, the internet, mostly TikTok, that, like, the government is, like, our governments are preparing us for a real-life zombie apocalypse. Bring it on. Well, Fuck yeah. it, at this point. One of the reasons being, you, you remember that movie 28 Days Later? You can't, you can't even buy it on streaming right now, and it's not on any streaming services, and none of the Blu-rays or DVDs are available to purchase. That's too. because they're going to do a re-release of it when 28 Years Later comes out, which is coming out fucking soon. Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, 28 years later is happening. That'd be great if they just like, start pulling. It's like, no, Walking Dead never happened. It's yeah. like the Fruit of the Loom thing where they try to gaslight us by the cornucopia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're also coming off of the conspiracy theory that it was the government who made sure that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So I forgot about that. The, yeah. the trolling from the president's instagram account was oh, amazing though that was great I, the I, dark I, the dark brandon was so fucking good i i don't know if she's still running it but i know in the past a woman from jersey was running the biden social media accounts it felt like that had jersey energy it's a jersey girl it. energy <laughs> yeah but i when i first saw that post come up i was like i don't remember following any parody ca- oh this is his account yeah okay <laughs> no that's that's exactly what it was i was following one of my i saw it on a story from one of my friends who aggressively just does stories of shit posts uh-huh. and I clicked on it. I was like, oh, that's the actual account. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I knew it was the actual account was because of the follower count. It wasn't like, oh, the the I was replaced with an L or any shit yeah. like that. I yep. think you can even from his official store buy like a mug that changes colors for the eyes when it gets filled up. <sighs> I can't Fuck. remember if I saw that for real or made it up. I think that was like real merch. If it's not, we need to make that ourselves. <laughs> We'll come up with our own special store for that. So in addition to Wolverine being on the gurney, you see Blob, Beast, Rogue, and Spike in that crystallized goo being loaded onto the back of a truck very unceremoniously. The government, I don't know, like, what the officials or military, whatever, like, what... What is the protocol for that? (laughs) Like, they don't know anything. They don't even know what the fucking goo is because that came out of the Sentinel. Yeah. You see images of the blown up school. There's mention about Principal Kelly 
from Bayville. You see a shot of the Pentagon and it mentions capturing the mutants. And then you get lots of what I described as red scare imagery, where it was very much like the whole like the communist scare that was happening in the 40s, 50s, 60s. I'm not as as familiar with the time frame on it, but like you know, people who are barely able to go outside because they're like, they don't want to even be seen grabbing the newspaper because they're worried that somebody's going to accuse them. It was essentially like the 20th century's version of a modern day witch hunt. So, oh, yeah, yeah, like the satanic panic of the 80s. And I guess yeah, it was, but it was a little more like just you accused everybody kind of thing and you yeah, didn't yeah. need to have backing on it. Whereas the satanic panic, like they pointed to certain things as like an easy target, like D&D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you liked metal music. This would just be like, oh, the sh- I saw her levitate something. She's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or as a non-white person in the Midwest during 9-11. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and then we get a voiceover from the president of the United States who is giving the whole, like, we need to stay calm, like, calm the nation down speech. It was very noticeable to me that they did not do somebody who sounded like George W. Bush, who was the current president at the time. I wager that probably had to do with let it be somebody who sounds incredibly generic so it can't get compared to the stuff that happened a year prior with 9-11 and the speeches that he had to give at that point. Oh, that's right, yeah. I was trying to think. There was somebody his voice reminded me of at the beginning, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But it didn't continue that way. It was like the first couple of words started in that. I can't. Remember. It was almost like a like an, an LBJ or one of those like maybe yeah maybe one of those LBJ. very stoic presidents. It uh-huh. wasn't. It wasn't like a Nixon who had like a grime to him. It wasn't either of the Bushes who had like the twang to their voice. It wasn't the Southern Arkansas from from Clinton. It was very non-accented. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Like, because was it when Morph impersonated the president in like the first episode of '92? He was kind of like a Bush, right? He's like, my fellow Americans, I am an idiot. Or was it a Nixon? Because he did the the, the double oh, okay. peace sign. So maybe it was like a mix of things or something. Jump over. There's soldiers that are checking through alleys. It's now nighttime, and the, all the new mutants except for Bobby are together, and they do a great job of all of them hiding in a very tiny area. They they maximize the hiding spots in that alley that they were chilling in. They're like alley cats. Like like one of them's like hiding behind like a trash bag. I'm like, how did you fit behind? Okay, sure. And they're just like already covered in mud and they've like they've just survived almost being blown up by a mystique. And now they're just like, and we're in the alleys now. Great. Yeah. This is awesome. And now let's go swim in shit. Yeah. That 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 sewer has gotten a lot of play in the last few episodes, man. Right. And was it Berserker that opened up the manhole? Okay, so we're getting more and more confirmation that he's like super strong. So you know how much manholes weigh? Manholes are <laughs> fucking heavy. You need a like a crowbar to get those things up, right? Like yeah, to at least think, start it. Yeah, and I think like a couple people because you think about it, they're made to be strong enough so like vehicles can drive over them. Right. So we jump over to Makeout Point. I know that's not the name, but that's what I'm going to call yeah, it. That's what I called it. Where Bobby, Gene, Kitty, and Nightcrawler are there. They're all pretty on edge. Bobby almost ices when he hears Storm and Cyclops arrive and almost mm. like freezes their faces. Which totally, totally <laughs> justified because you don't know who, who could be up there. And then, yeah, and then Mystique and the Brotherhood just show up. Yep. It's, it's like that scene from American Pie. The opening scene where everybody walks into the room when he's I don't remember the scene you're referring oh, to. When Jason Biggs' character is like having some alone time and oh, he's, okay. he's halfway yeah. through and then like people just keep entering the room. Right. Or like not another teen movie where they like exacerbate it by having like like I think like a preacher come in with and like, a marching like, band and like, shit, like, yeah. And a bunch of little kids and stuff. It's like yeah. wait, everybody just keeps showing up. <laughs> yep. And they make comments about it's like well, it's going to be hard to go out there now that everybody is hunting mutants mm-hmm. and Mystique is like, yep, get used to it. That's our new status quo right now. We're all fucked. Yep. Yep. There's unless Xavier can get Cerebro to like mind wipe everyone on Earth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to really work. Mystique is still not ready to share the information. This is actually where she says that she wasn't aware of Magneto's plan. Oh, OK. But she says everything that's happening now is just proof that Xavier was wrong. Yeah, and she's she's not wrong. Yeah. Like, granted, it could have been handled a little more, you know, you probably would have had a better reputation from the start if you weren't like trying to murder kids. Yeah. Or yeah, like or like fighting, you know, like a 
a Gundam in the middle of the street. So they are like, well, we should just work together. And it's because she wants Blob back. She doesn't really give a shit about anything else, but she wants one of her team members back. And it was like, okay, I mean, he hasn't really proven himself to be that great a fighter or anything like that. So I guess there's like a little bit of humanity to her in wanting him because he is one of the freaks, you know? I wanted a little bit more explanation from Mystique about why Blob specifically was so important. (laughs) I, to an extent, I... If she never admits it, I think she feels bad for him. Yeah, she has a maternal instinct in it. No. She's like all these kids' dads are no. moms, both. And then she's like, but I don't know where to start looking. And that's where we get Nick Fury. And this is yep. further showcasing the value of having Fury in an earlier episode with the Operation Rebirth episode. Like, because yeah. it would have felt so out of character for him to just be here without knowing his connection to Logan. Like, yeah. they lined that planning up perfectly in my mind. Yeah, and Cyclops mentioning that he was a, he knows who Fury is because of Logan briefing him. Yeah. Nightcrawler has my favorite quote of the entire episode here. How many people know about the secret meeting? Because there's what like at least like 30 people there at that point. Oh, yeah. You have <laughs> 25, 30 people pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> but I like how they're like, you know, well, everybody gets like ready to fight him. And then Fury just snaps his fingers. And all of a sudden you just see like all the shield agents pop out and be like, OK, let's fucking go. Yeah. And this is, see, I, I was a little bit less. I, I only really knew Fury as like David Hasselhoff and then skipped to Sam Jackson. So, like, and then I think some, some animated stuff, but in other animated things, he was kind of like just a cameo. So, like, I like that he's, he still had, even then, he had that attitude of like, it's like, oh no, if I wanted to take care of you, I would have already done it. This is yeah. If, if I wanted to catch you, you would have been caught already. This was yeah. just to prove a point. Yeah. And while, meanwhile, he's like throwing away a toothpick. As he's saying it, like that's the whole, the whole. Well, night. because they can't do what what he would normally do, which would have been smoking a cigar back in the day. Oh, okay. him and Logan were that. big on the cigar stuff. Okay. Yeah, but he has a not tablet because iPads were literally not invented yet. Was it a uh, BlackBerry or no? Hands- what was oh. it? The Apple or the Macintosh, whatever the fuck it was oh, called. Like, I didn't think about that. yeah, it was, sorry, no, there's a handspring. Was those little? The fuck is a handspring rod? If you look them up, it, that's one of those things that like at the time was like really big but was so short-lived like i'm would not be surprised if like it just can't completely gets forgotten from history but it's basically like a little you're like, making palm. up a word i've literally never heard yeah. before <laughs> as a as a retail product so yes yeah hands if, if you're a homeless and just like look up handspring it was one of the first like big selling like little palm pilot kind of things that wasn't palm and like had that clear case and the stylus and everything that's what it kind of looked like to me i mean i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying i never heard of it and I, oh, it was the the Apple Newton. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, gotcha. Because that was one that they referenced in The Simpsons and they threw it at Martin's head. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> I forgot about the Newton. The precursor to the iPad. But this one had GPS capabilities in it, so. Here, I'm sending you. Oh, someone's selling them on eBay. Are you buying it? Not for 60 bucks. Like, it feels like 10, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, I know. I know what this is. I literally never knew that was called a hand. Oh, it's Palm Pilot. Yeah. Oh, was it Palm to me? Oh, it is Palm. Handspring Palm. visor, handheld wireless, Palm Pilot. Okay. okay. That was a fucking ride to get there. Because I, I think I think Handspring, you can't see in that one, but if you look at other ones, the logo is like the Jesus fish diving into the ocean. I think it was a Christian-owned company. We're going to add stuff to the Instagram <laughs> when this episode comes out to show you oh. what we've been babbling about for three minutes. Here's here's a better one. This one has the logo on the top. Wow, why is these links so long? This one has the logo on the top of the visor on the top left. You see, it's like the Jesus fish, but it's like diving that's not the jesus fish that's a person doing a handstand oh is it i don't know yeah you know that's because it's called a handspring okay i'm just realizing something now you know what? they say it takes a lifetime to deconstruct i'm just not realizing this was probably something i was told by my sunday school teacher and it's never and come you up believed in it well it's just never come up in conversation again right well because i've never so even heard process. it called a handspring before it's a fucking oh. palm pilot <laughs> <laughs> but what you're saying makes a lot more sense than <laughs> Other things got sorted out before. Like I remember, like one of the girls in our youth group was like, "NSYNC is a Christian group," and then like I think I believed it for about an hour until I went and listened to the music. But the the handspring was like one of those things. Like, well, I can never afford one. I didn't get one. It went out. And then fast forward to 2024, and I'm like looking at, yep, no, you're right. That's a person doing handspring because their, their little head is right there. Anyway. I, future John, remember to post this on Instagram. That's fun. You got a little glimpse of what life with Rod's like. Again, this show is 75, 80% X-Men and then 20, 25% us just working through shit in our lives. John dealing with Rod. Yep. So Fury won't give 
his reasons why. Nobody wants to tell anybody fucking anything, apparently. But he's like, yep, we can't get involved, but I can point you in the, the right direction. He's like, good luck. And he's like, throws up his deuces and he's like, we're yeah. all out. Bye. I wonder. Well, OK, I guess he can't get involved because they don't exist. He did make that clear before. So that's probably more of the reason why. Right. And I'm sure a part of it is because they're going to a government facility so he can't really send his government team to fight another yeah. government team as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking whenever you bring up like secret like societies and stuff and they have an army like I, I kind of want like a web series of what life is like for that soldier when he goes home. The soldier's partner thinks that they're like a car salesman or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're not worried about the story of Cobra Commando. You just want to see the story of one of the basic Cobra grunts and what yeah. that is like. So Sorm starts getting ready to make a plan and Mystique just instantly grabs the tablet and is like, no, I'm in charge. And this is the first time Storm really steps up and like a confrontational way. Like, because mm -hmm. she kind of got pushed around, especially now she probably realizes it was Mystique who was pushing her around because Cyclops has fully caught her up and everything like that. And this is the second time they fought. Right. Yeah, yeah, they fought they, they... in the finale of season one. Yeah, so Storm's like, not again, bitch. Yep. And then instantly she gets shut down because Mystique is like, nope, remember the professor. I got all the information. And it's like, oh, she's just going to keep dangling that in front of them. But Mystique's plan is essentially a very light plan, which is there are two groups. One is going to find out if Magneto is still alive. And she's ready to just send Wanda by herself. Yeah, I guess, though. I mean, Wanda is pretty fucking powerful. Right, but I would want Wanda to come to the... One, I don't want her going after her father by herself. But two, <laughs> I want her to break into the government facility. So I, I could see that. What she's probably thinking is like, well, Wanda will make sure that if he's not dead, that he will be. Yeah. <laughs> Toad volunteers to go to New York with her. Everybody else is going to go on the rescue. And they're like, we need some transportation. They cut over to some sort of government base. There is one soldier who is guarding the velocity. And that person is now fired. Right. Because he's literally leaning away from or looking away from the velocity and is just like, nope, I promise you nobody's going to get this thing. And, you know, as soon as the camera cut off of him, as he sees it's been teleported away, that he was probably like, well, shit, I'm done. And then there was a weird music sting that happens there that totally reminded me of the beginning of the Ghostbusters song. Oh, I didn't catch that. There was something about yeah. it, like it just was the three quick tones before the actual song kicks in. Okay, that's yeah. what I kind of heard there. Yeah, it was like that. That was like a guitar lick or something. Yeah, and then they're in the velocity. Bobby is looking at like some sort of GPS coordinate, or here's the coordinates, and then he realizes that this is close to Area Fifty One, which in the show or in real life is the worst kept best kept secret because we still don't know what's in the fucking thing but everybody knows exactly where it is on the map did you ever watch the looney tunes movie back in like early 2000s like brendan fraser i think no and jenna elfman so they go to the looney tunes and brendan fraser i think it was brendan fraser go to area 51 and joan cusack is like one of the scientists there He's like, oh, we're finally here. And she's like, oh, oh no, Area 51, that's just the public distraction from the real secret. And he's like, of what? It's like, Area 52. And it's underneath it? It's like next to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've seen that joke before, but I've definitely yeah. never seen the Looney Tunes movie. Oh, it's great, especially if you're high. They, they run into a mirage of like Walmart, I think, in the middle of the desert. It's, it's random. It's, it's, it's Bugs Bunny's mind, right? Right. So you see there's a New York rooftop. Wanda is there with Toad. She sees the Sentinel being raised up and there's no body underneath it. That tells me this is like within a few hours or the next morning at yeah, or the next, next morning at best. Like, yeah. they're like, shit, where do we get a crane that can pull this thing out off of here? I love the fact that she's staring at it, though, because it's like if he's there, that means there's just going to be like goo of right. Magneto spread throughout this rooftop. And she wants it. She wants to see it. That's why Mystique sent her. Like, yeah, she's like, she's she's ready for this. <laughs> then she's like disappointed but i think it's more of her disappointed that he's not dead and toad tries to get like a hug in and she's like i i will don't touch me she she gives the <laughs> i will murder you eyes basically yeah. toad sees there is a tv van nearby which that person should be fired for being that close to the scene you know with footage a day later but whatever dude's in the van there's a knock at the door and then you see the shadow of him getting grabbed it looks like toad's tongue is grabbing him by the face from the shadow so i call it a quote-unquote shadow not murder even though that dude's neck is definitely fucking snapped right yeah 
This is kind of they leave it up to your imaginations, like Toad getting blown up in the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they start watching the replays. You get a little bit of cocky Toad in there because there's like a great shot of him not getting killed by the Sentinel. He's like, yeah, the cameras love me. I talk like yeah. I'm from New York. <laughs> and then they see where the Sentinel would have landed on top of Magneto and they start doing slow-mo. And you see when they start doing the frame by frame that Quicksilver has zoomed in, grabbed Magneto and got him just out of the way. And of course, she is very pissed at her brother for saving him and blows up all the monitors. So little note, uh, in the between 2005 and 10, I worked in an audiovisual company and we worked in broadcast vans like that all yep. the time. Back to the point where they were actually like triax cable like running from the vans. I just want to say there's no way that frame rate could slow-mo didn't work like that at that time <laughs> you could not see footage of someone who's as fast as quicksilver to remove no it would just be motion blur right if, if that, you even get it yeah like because you're, you're saying like less than 24 frames yeah maybe on news footage that is on not film but like janky digital like magnetic tape digital that yeah. probably would have just missed the whole thing by like a half a whole second or something, you know, like not a full second, like a half a second or so, like just multiple frames. But, you know, once again, at the same time, it's still that era of CIS where it's like enhance. Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay, zoom, sure. enhance, zoom, yeah. enhance. It's like that still doesn't work today, dude. So we jump over, we're in the sewers and then we see a mutant who is in front of the new mutants. Did you know who that was, Rod? My note says they're in the sewers. The new kids run the new X-Men run into is that caliban it is caliban hey i knew something <laughs> yep because the big piece of caliban is he is a mutant detector mm-hmm. and he is able to know that they are also mutants like him we saw caliban in 92 right yes he was in That's the fifth he was in the fifth acolyte episode he was originally the bigger version of caliban and then he gets yes. depowered and is closer in form to this version of him i really like the artwork of this version of caliban yeah, he's cool. He had he had good body language and motion too, and and just his tone was really like off putting. And I oh, think yeah. in like that intentional way of like, yeah, if you live in the sewers and you don't interact with normies too much, like this has got to be like. He reminded me. Did you ever see way back in the days of Newgrounds, like in the pre YouTube era, the web show called Salad Fingers? I knew of it, but I never watched it. He very much reminded me of the voice of salad fingers not as much the visual because it's you know it's it's salad fingers is a really weird thing (laughs) but just the way he pronounces stuff and things like that definitely had a salad fingers vibe to it gotcha so he's like i forgot why i wrote down the quote but it's like i always know or something like that as a berserker that was in front one of them or bobby one of the new mutants was like oh we're mutants just like you and he's like i know i always know well, not not Bobby, because Bobby's with the rest of the group. Oh, but, that's right. Okay, so it must yeah. have been Berserker then. Yeah. So Caliban was like, I know. I've always I always Anyway, know. follow yeah. him. Yep, and then he says to follow him. So we see what has become the, the reveal trope of Mystique is there is a bird that is flying <laughs> through who goes into an open window on a military base. Yeah, my, my note was like, of course, this fucking bird is Mystique. You see a guard at the monitors and a random soldier comes in and is like, yep, Captain wants to see you. And Mystique goes right into the computer. And then the one thing I don't understand is why doesn't she ever just stay in her disguise form? She spent all that time as an eagle. You think maybe she'd want to just stay a human for a little bit. That's true. That or not even hide the beginning with because she ended up just like killing that guard anyways. Oh, yeah, she definitely killed him. So like one or the other, but I'm, I'm also not a shapeshifter. So who knows? Maybe that's not the best. You might be. And you're just really good at hiding it. Unlike her, though. (laughs) Yeah. Or really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) So she turns off the fence sensors. Everybody pops in except for Storm, who stays in the velocity. You have scientists who are cutting Blob out of his casing. So I'm going to assume that he was just the last one and they were already cutting out Rogue, Spike and Beast because they were in like you know, plexiglass cages or something like yeah. that behind. Or probably because he took the longest. Yeah. There's the most. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we, we we cut those other ones out in like 40 minutes. You are just yeah. too, too big for us. He's like four people. <laughs> and then they're interrogating Wolverine in the same room as them, and that can't be a great plan. I was wondering how those straps were working on him. Yeah. And then the the colonel or whoever is interrogating Wolverine, and he's accusing Wolverine of them making the robot 
And I'm like, you dumb fuckers. You're, the robot cutting... that was attacking them, that's really yeah. your accusation right now? Yeah, like you're cutting them out of the goo right now. That the robot shot them with, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Wolverine, like, almost bites the dude's face. I wanted to see it. I really, like, just bites his nose and just fucking rips it off. I hope we see that in Deadpool and Wolverine. Like, well, Wolverine go feral. Here's the problem, Rod. We coming up, we keep coming up with things that we want to have happen in Deadpool and Wolverine. None of it's going to happen because we keep saying we want it. Yeah, no, I get it. My brother, I was talking to him on the phone when the, the trailer released. His, he's like, there's a lot of expectation for that movie. The one thing my brother wants to see is Wolverine wear the yellow cowl. Yes. I have one shot of him in the full suit, even if he throws it off immediately. Just one screen grab that he can make his computer wallpaper he he pulls it on he looks in the mirror and he goes this looks dumb as shit and then rips it off and throws it that's all I, it needs to be i think yeah, i think peter would even be satisfied with that yeah. as long as he gets the screenshot yeah yeah so back in the hallways bobby and kitty split off from the rest of the group the guard comes back to mystique who immediately like drop kicks him and knocks him out and then you see she had not had the time to turn off the floor sensor into the main circuit room, which is where Bobby and Kitty are. So I think she got interrupted right before she was going to turn that off. Wow, that's a surprising amount of detail for this. You're right. They are paying paying a lot more attention to choreography in this this season. So Bobby makes his little like ice slide to go above it. I don't know what the ice slide was attached to because it was kind of weirdly (laughs) suspended in midair. And then he gets all the way over to the edge. They leave like a foot in between where they have to hop off. And I'm like, they were just on ice. Like, are they going to slip it and fuck this up? Like, Bobby, not a great planner. Yeah. I was wondering about, I'm assuming Bobby's used to like the slickness of ice and stuff. I was like, Kitty's pretty stable. Yeah. On there. So they open up the, the box, which is like probably one of the wired surge protectors or whatever the fuck it is. And they have the great trope of, is he going to fuck this up? He cuts the wire there's an awkward pause and in almost any other show he would have gotten the alarm then it would have been like a three second delay and then the alarm oh, hit. Yeah. and then he gets cocky and he tries to like spin the wire cutters on his fingers and he drops it right into the lasers that was so much better of a payoff <laughs> because he did it right and they yeah. still messed it up he did it the skill right his personality was the problem <laughs> no the tale of bobby drake there you go so the alarm goes off and then the soldiers literally just go crazy around the entire base none of them are going to the room that the alarm went (laughs) off in they're literally just going apeshit around the entire base their instructions were like just run out to the nearest open space yeah if you see something that's not wearing u.s military gear just start shooting at it i think that was legit their plan (laughs) and then a point you see gene scott and lance are all surrounded gene is able to start taking people out with her telekinesis mystique catches up and then her and nightcrawler are like oh we're gonna go take care of the prisoners everybody else stay behind so it's like she's okay with losing lance to this group of people like maybe because Lance is the most like normal passing of the group that she has left. She's like, I don't have as much empathy for him as okay. I do for Blob. I can see that. Okay, and and he was the one that like left once. Yeah, he did literally try to like join the X Men when she was gone. So as that's happening, there is a distraction in the room where Wolverine and Blob and the interrogation is all happening, and he gives a little signal to Spike. Spike is able to shoot one of his little shards. Helps cut the strap for Wolverine. And then they're able to start cutting people out. So that means I'm assuming people were just holding back on using their powers once they were in that room. Because Spike, it looks sure. like, probably could have gotten himself out at that point. Yeah, right. Especially because they had like, the little vent holes and stuff. Yeah, so it was like everybody was behaving and just like holding back a little bit there. So Wolverine starts fighting the army. And then Blob busts out on his own. He doesn't even actually need the help of anybody in the room. So he was just like waiting for the moment. Or it finally just got, like, weak enough that it was just like, and I can, you know, Kool-Aid man out of this fucking thing. (laughs) When Blob busts out, he literally takes what would have been his holding cell and, like, throws it against the wall. Mm -hmm. And basically creates a giant bucket. And Wolverine and Beast start throwing the soldiers into that bucket where they can't climb their way out of it. He, like, seals it. I'm like, oh, they're going to die in there. Yeah, they're definitely going to die. You get an awkward interaction between Wolverine and Mystique. Because he's like, what are you doing here? Right. Nightcrawler is like, it's complicated. Mystique turns to Lance and is like, yeah, bury him. She's like, yeah, I almost committed murder with kids. Now you can commit murder with soldiers. Yeah, and it was Cyclops or Gene or both of them were like, Mystique, no, bad. <laughs> yeah, Cyclops is like trying to 
to stop them. Gene makes the save and they basically push them out of the way. They get sealed in to an area with everybody and then Bobby is able to find this, the ladder that goes to the roof access. There was a great shot in that too where Blob looks like he's not going to be able to make it through and Kitty phases him and as he's phased, she's able to pull him up the rest of the way. It was like, I, I, it was like, it was kind of cool because it's like, when phased, does Kitty like have strength over other phased things or something like that? Or does he like lose his mass? Like it I turns have, off his mutant power almost? Or something, yeah, like, because her whole thing has to do with like, you know, particle, I don't know, particles or whatever. But like, I, I did, I had to do a double take on that moment. I was like, did what I think happened just happened. Like, it did. Rewound. I was like, oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, and Rod doesn't usually rewind. Rod is just <laughs> using notes during this, whereas I am like the stop and go person. I am literally yeah. like, it takes me double to triple the length of an oh, episode really? to get with it because I, I do handwritten notes. So one of the big reasons I, I, I don't like rewind, like for times like that, where it's like one little moment, I'll rewind, but I, I don't usually stop for like large scenes with like a ton of cameos because I, I will have forgotten the previous amount of plot up to that well, point, I, by that point. I think it's also like, there's a thing with me at least. And I know other people who've experienced this too. When they take handwritten notes versus type out notes, they tend to remember stuff more from their handwritten notes. So I yeah. think that's why I retain it because I'm watching it and doing the handwritten notes. I think if I was typing out my notes, I wouldn't retain it as well. So yeah, yeah. we watch the show very differently from each yeah. other. Also, I think that's also true of me, except that my handwriting is illegible after the fact. And this is from a guy that for my day job, my music stuff, I do have like a physical notebook I write stuff in. I keep video and audio recorded work tapes too because my handwriting is just completely illegible. It's like, did I, what did I say there? I have to go back and like listen. <laughs> yeah, so the last two up the ladder are Cyclops and Mystique. And as they get to the top, Cyclops just stops it. And he's like, nope, where's Professor X? And Mystique is basically being like, nope, still not gonna say anything. He's like, cool, fuck you, I'll leave you behind then. And literally does. I like that we saw the moment where Scott got his teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spot on and then there's a great moment in next week's episode where it's yeah. like okay he's he's got balls and he's not being petulant like i actually yeah. fully agree with him doing what he did there yeah well yeah and, and in this moment realistically he was like okay with killing her i mean oh, yeah le leaving it. her for dead absolutely yeah so okay cool there's a little moment between lance and scott where lance is like you left her behind scott's like she's getting what she deserves and then Jean's like, you guys could tear each other apart later. I feel like Jean would be on Scott's side here, but she's just like trying to be neutral to get everybody out of there. Yeah. Oh, and I also had a note here is like, you know what? In both 92 and Evolution, Cyclops has a habit of leaving shapeshifters behind <laughs> in battle. You're not wrong. So it was a little hard to tell. I couldn't tell if the Brotherhood also got into the copter, but you definitely see all the X-Men get in. Scott almost doesn't make it in. He, you know, he gets grabbed by Beast, and then they have a, a missile lock on them. Storm is able to zap those. And then you get like this cool shot of Bobby and Scott together open out the hatch, and as another set of missiles from a self bomber are coming at them, they like dual blast it. And it was like, yeah. okay, maybe that was just kind of like an homage to them being like in the comics from the original team together or something like that. Or you had Bobby, who's kind of the leader of the new mutants kids. Maybe it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of an endorsement of like, you're, you're a fuck up, but you're at least like, you're. You're doing what you should be doing. So yeah, wouldn't it be great if they just showed a wide shot of all the X Men in the copter waving goodbye to the Brotherhood they left on the roof after getting going through the trouble of getting them to the roof? I feel like it's harder to argue <laughs> that they're heroes when they do that. It just would have been hilarious. Yep. At the Brotherhood house, there's cops out front. Toad has gone in there and only grabbed clothing for Wanda, and to the point where he literally says, "Well, it doesn't really matter what we wear." I mean, it's kind of true. But also like with him, especially yeah. for the others, I feel like, you know, they want to be out of their gear. So, yeah, but then he had like an outfit picked out for her. he like named pieces of clothing. And I was like, man, that's another like 2000s era joke, right? Yeah. The episode ends with Wolverine, who is looking through binoculars at the destroyed mansion from Makeout Point with everybody else. <laughs> you have Sad Scott, who is basically like, this is my fault. I blew it. You know, Mystique called his bluff and he had to follow through on it kind of scenario. And everybody is just kind of like, well, where do we go from here? 
and Storm kind of gives the mini motivational speech of, you know, we just have to teach them that we're the good guys before it's too late. And that's how the episode ends. It's like, it wasn't a win, but it was a little bit of a glimmer of hope, especially compared to the last episode. Yeah. In my head canon, after that cut, someone looks at Storm and it's like, how the fuck do we do that, Storm? It's got to be Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is absolutely the one who's like, the fuck are you talking about? So that's how we kick off season three of Evolution. Totally get why this is a highly rated episode. The, The connectivity between this and the three previous episodes, this is comic book storytelling. Like, And the next one that's coming up. Yeah, absolutely. It very much hits the vibes of we got out of a little bit of that Buffy sphere of stuff and the stakes are really high. I think what's going to happen is like two or three episodes from now, I think we're going to get a few calmer episodes, but like right now this is like, this is all the tension of the series coming to a head. So yeah, I, I just remember back when Stephen Gordon was with us, he said like the reason they hadn't made the public known about their powers, the writers didn't because like once we opened that box, we can't ever put him back in. And I see yeah. what he means now. Is like they were able to like really make this a high school show because you were saying with the Buffy stuff for two seasons. And now it's it's, it's not going to be that. Yeah, it like, can't be. Like, even if they go back to school, it's not going to be the high school show. Right. Now they're going to be the weird kids at the school. Like, are yeah. is somebody going to trust them in class? Is, you know, the, the kid that found out who Nightcrawler was accidentally, like, is he going to just come at them? Because nobody's going to turn off his memory of them being mutants now. Like, he's yeah. going to go at them, you know? And I don't know how like animation production and budget goes, but it really it felt like that they really proved themselves in two seasons that they could do the thing. Yeah, because even with the last two, the season finale, two episodes of season two, felt like it hit like a limit of production budget or you know effort or whatever. And then this one just like doubled right between episodes because we were saying like. The whole, it just started off with like a power showcase. Whole and new like, set pieces with yeah. like the Area 51 stuff. Yeah, it, it felt yeah. it felt big to kick yeah. off the season. So, yeah, really cool episode. Rod, closing thoughts? This was a really cool episode. I love when they don't write off stuff off screen. So we literally didn't miss a, a single moment right. from last season to this season. And I love that we saw Scott get his teeth both willing to like murder and like beat up Mystique. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube Podcasts, and CastBox. And I still can't believe that X-Men 97 is coming out in less than one month. Yes. Yes.